Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to this very special Friday edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade, which of course means from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Harry or the brains of the outfit, Leticia, and tell them that Stone sent you. You guys are in for a real treat this afternoon. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, managing partner, author, speaker, all-around great guy. He is with Velocity Strategic Consulting, Mr. Zahir Ladani. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Stone. How are you? I am marvelous, man. And you know, uh, most of my listeners are well aware that I will typically invest a Friday afternoon in beer and barbecue, and uh, not usually on air. (laughs) But what a a delight to have you come in the studio today to talk about your work uh, and and some upcoming events to help uh, share some of this work with, with other folks. Let's start there, if we could. Mission, purpose, what are you really out there trying to do for folks? So, Stone, um, you know, here in the United States, there are over 28 million companies. And well, that's a big number. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's, and, and that's a big you, number. Yeah, and wouldn't you know it, 96% of those 28 million companies are less than a million dollars. Wow. So, lots of companies start, but very few scale. And of those 28 million companies, only 17,000 of them make it over $50 million. So companies go through valleys of death. And so what I do and my partner does is we help companies scale. We help them through those valleys of deaths or not going to those valleys of death and figure out how they can scale and meet the purpose of what their organization is there for. So it's a lot of young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who are trying to make a go of it. And how do we grow their businesses? That's what we do. So is there a timing aspect to this? Are there signals that, that we get as entrepreneurs that tell us it's, it's time to scale or at least consider the decision of whether we're going to pull the trigger on some scaling activities or hit the brakes for a little while? So look through. That's a great question. If you think about what a company goes through, right? When, a, when a co- an entrepreneur starts off, it's uh, friends and family or they're trying to make a go of it. Yeah. And, a, and, the, and the entrepreneur, he or she does everything. And then they hire the first person. And then they hire the second person. As soon as they get to three or four, the stuff in his or her head has to now be transmitted to four or five people. And then you get to about 700000 a million dollars. And now you're doing everything. And what got you there to a million or two won't get you to five or ten. Because yeah. the way you do things have to change. You or, you or I, as a, as a CEO of that organization, can't do everything. And we've got to start to bring in people to do the right things. And so my view in the companies I work with are if they've hit the million and got to $2 million, it's time to think. But yeah. then it doesn't mean if you're at 15, it's not time to think about scaling. Because at every stage, yeah. you need to go continuing. We've got clients who've been with us for three, four, or five years uh, into the coaching organizations because it's always a matter of moving. 
And so that's what it is all about. Well, that certainly speaks well to your work. Do you ever find someone seeks you out and they think that it's time and they think that they're interested in, in scaling and you talk to them for a little bit and you think, yeah, but not yet. Do you ever do you ever consult some to just hit the brakes a little bit and maybe swing back around next year, or next quarter or anything like that? Of course. Yeah. Um, happens all the time. And okay. more often than not, it's because the CEO, she or he is not ready. They're not ready to learn. And it's yeah. not a matter of they do what I say, because my job is not to be a consultant and tell them what to do. My job is to coach them and teach them how to fish and teach them how to grow so they can do this on their own. And if we see that the CEO is not a learner, then we quickly run away. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's the biggest thing we look for is, are they willing to learn? Because there's two things, not only learn from a coach, but are they willing to learn from the people that are around them? Have they brought in the right people? So invariably people will bring me in to say, help me with my strategy and we'll go, of course, absolutely. But when we go in, we start to ask the questions and invariably it's another two things that are the issue before strategy comes into place. One is, do they have the right people in the right places in their organization? And second, do they execute well? Does the organization do what they say they will do or do they just all run around and go after the shiny new toy all the time? So that takes... That sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> You're striking some chords over here. <laughs> no, I think we, uh, many of us can fall into that trap, right? Doesn't mean we can't recover, but yeah. it's good to have someone with your perspective and your objectivity to, to lean in and say, hey, Stone, are you chasing a shiny object? Is this really where you want to go? Exactly. And we all do that as human beings, right? Right, right. And, and, and when, when we grow up in life, we're always running after the next big thing. And invariably, that's what CEOs do. And they run after the next big thing versus they have an amazing business. How do they clamp down and evolve that business to the amazing big thing while watching the environment they're working under? Well, you clearly have insight, uh, perspective, uh, specialized knowledge around these topic areas. But I'm getting the distinct sense that you also have... I don't know if this is the right word, methodology, discipline, structure, rigor. You've got framework around this process that, that makes it replicable as well, yes? You have, you have methodology, I guess, for this? Yes, absolutely. So okay, okay. We, we use methodologies from authors like Vern Harnish, who's written the book Scaling Up. And, and, and he's a, made a little bit of money in his time. He's done it. I understand it. <laughs> exactly, he has. More than Tom. <laughs> and Vern is the one who actually started entrepreneurial organization around the world with Birthing oh. of the Giants uh, at MIT. Okay. And so he's built this organization who I'm part of. And Vern was one of our coaches when my company was scaling or the company I was with mm-hmm. uh, was scaling. And then there is strategy books or systems that bring everything together called Metronomics from Shannon Susco. And so we bring in different methodologies methodologies to help the company. So it's not a cookie cutter. It's a method uh-huh. of coaching. It's if you think of, a, of, 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 of any sport, be it baseball or football or, or tennis, you've got the coach who's watching from the outside, who's inspiring and giving thoughts and ideas for the players uh-huh. to where to move. So we don't go in the field and play with them. We're different from the consultants. Uh-huh. We will help them get to their level in their peak performance, which is telling them what to do. We'll coach them through to be there. So we use tools. We'll start first of all, when we start, we will start and develop a three-year plan, which we call a gutted out plan. We'll gut out a 80% right three-year plan for the organization. We'll spend two days with the leadership team 
get them into a room and we'll come out with this three-year plan that is not only three years, but the next year, so one year, <clears throat> and the next quarter. Uh-huh. So now everybody leaving that room will have specific priorities for the quarter, the metrics for the quarter, and uh, we'll embed some communications rhythms. We will then run through that quarter while they start to iterate that three-year plan. And within that time frame, we'll start to work on their people. We'll start to see, do we have the right people in the organization doing the right things, doing them right? Invariably, the question, if I were to ask the CEO, and we ask this question, would you enthusiastically rehire everyone on your leadership team? (laughs) (laughs) And guess what the answer is? No. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And so... Let's go to work. And, and, and we don't mean let's fire the person. Right. It's okay. So how do we coach them? What do we need from them and how do we coach them? And if they're coachable, if not, then we'll work on it. But the biggest thing is who you have, not what you're doing. If you get the right people around you, then magic happens. Because then even if COVID happens, <clears throat> you've got people who are thinking and iterating and a well-gelled leadership team is the best thing one person can have in front of them. Right. And so that's what we start yeah. to do. And that's how we work. So we'll work through processes of having the, the, the what we call a functional accountability chart. Or, 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 or So we go away from the traditional org structures to what are the functional function chart and what are their accountabilities? What is marketing's key metric for the quarter? What is sales key metric? What is operations key metric for the quarter? Then everybody's humming and we're watching that scoreboard. You know, you never play a sport. Without a scoreboard. Right, right. Most companies don't have a scoreboard. You go in and say, what are your metrics for the quarter? And everybody will give you four different metrics. Well, how can you play? The U.S. <laughs> Open's going on these days, right? And last night were some fantastic matches. Yeah. How can you play a game without a scoreboard? And business is a game. So, so those are the types of things we will start working with in an organization and put in a scoreboard, develop their functional matrix. Then what are the processes they need to put into place? And then we start to develop a strategy. So do you find yourself in in your practice gravitating to certain industries, certain types of businesses, certain types of business owners, or are you in a lot of of different sectors? In terms of business sectors, we're in a wide variety. So we've got clients who are in the technology business, software business, uh, HVAC Business. We have an amazing wow. business here in, in, the, in the northwest of Atlanta. who's doubled their business since we started working with them. We have a glassware or drinkware business. Uh, we have a fast food franchise, a film company. Those are all different types of clients. Okay. But where it goes to, Stone, is what you were saying, is the type of CEO is key. If right. the CEO wants to learn, have the right people around them is what we're looking for. We're looking for a learner. That's the biggest thing. We've actually walked away from clients after working with them and said, don't pay us. We're leaving because you're just not willing to learn from your people around you or us. And so those are the things we'll run away fast from. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. And I, and I commend you for that because that's tough to do. Or it is for small business, small businesses to walk away from, from money like that and opportunity like that. But in the long haul, it almost always serves you best, doesn't it? Exactly. And then it depends on what your purpose is as a business, right? And that's one of the key things we teach a business is you need to have a purpose of why you are in business. Yes, money is one thing, but most entrepreneurs are in business for something more than money. Oh, yeah. Right? And we have to take that out 
and then use that to inspire the rest of the organization. Money doesn't inspire people. It does for a few days, but not longer than that. We can see the, the big talent right. need right now in, in, in the country we're facing, right? Yeah. And everybody's raising their, with their wages. <clears throat> you can raise wages, but that's not going to inspire people as much. Yes, people will come for money. We all want more money, but there's something more that has to inspire. So you've got to have a purpose. If you look at Disney, like what's Disney's purpose? It's happiness, right? right? If you look at the Starbucks before the pandemic, they were creating a third place away from home, away from work. There was this place we could go, we could sit, we could use our laptop and we'd be in a different place to do whatever we wanted, right? And that's a different purpose. With, with Google wanted a computer, or sorry, Microsoft wanted a computer in every desk mm-hmm. when they first started. So what is our purpose? Why do we exist? And, and the HVAC company we work with, their purpose is to give comfort. Isn't that a beautiful purpose? And as you're a technician, yes. you're waking up every day saying, I'm giving comfort to my clients. But more than that, I'm also getting comfort for my family because I'm working in a business that's a family-owned business who doesn't want to be a $100 million business. They're comfortable being in a mid-sized, small to medium-sized business that we're going to have a place where it's not only numbers, it's we're doing good for our clients and we're doing good for our employees. That's the type of mentality we help try and bring into the organization. So culture becomes a big thing. So I got to know, what's the backstory here? How did, did you arrive? How did you land in doing what is clearly what you are on this planet to do? I can see it in your eyes. I know our listeners can hear it in your voice. But tell us a little bit about the path that got you here. Well, Stone, um, I've been very fortunate. I've been very, very fortunate that people have come into my life who have guided me. Um, Tom knows this, but uh, I, I came to North America as a refugee out of Uganda. Oh, my. Right? In, in East Africa. And at the age of 10, went through middle school, high school, and was fortunate enough. My parents and my brothers, everybody worked hard to put me through school. And then got into a pharmaceutical company. And I was lucky to have leaders I worked with is Clark... Chris Seaton, Rudy Carson, Mark Mallon, Dr. Ibu, Dr. Fazel, many, many other people who came into my life who led me and whose coattails I hung on to through whom I learned, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they led me to a place I, I've been through from a finance career to head of marketing, launching the largest pharmaceutical product in the U.S. to a head of sales for AstraZeneca in the U.S., to then going to a technology company and have been fortunate to be one of the leaders being on the stock exchange to ring the bell. And so as all of these experiences came through and I finished my career at, and I don't want to say finished because I want to say, what's the next career? Yeah. And I only had an undergrad degree. Huh. And someone said to me, it's necessary to have a master's these days. So at the age of 54, I went and got a master's degree really? from Tufts University. Wow. 54. And, 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 and I graduated uh, with, with a master's in international relations. I have a degree in mathematics, and then I went a degree in international relations. And I said, I've got all of this. And through these experiences, I was fortunate enough to, be, to learn how to talk, how to give a speech, how to, how to teach. And I thought, I can use and how do I impact as many people as I can? And so my mission is to inspire, meet, impact as many people as I can to be able to get the journey and be as fortunate that I have. Not that I've made millions, but I think the Lord has been very, very kind to me. 
And, and I think there's enough in this world for this. Well, I do too. And I think it's clearly reflected and, and uh, you are, you are living into that mission, no doubt. So one expression of this work, and there are many apparently, but one expression of this work is a book and it, it's, it's entitled Scaling Up. Is that right? Yes. So Warren Harnish wrote the book called okay. Scaling Up. All right. And his first book was called The Rockefeller Habits. And he comes from John D. Rockefeller. What were the habits John D. Rockefeller used to build his business? And Vern has taken from that learnings from as many business books as possible to develop a book called Scaling Up, which looks at people, strategy, execution, and cash. Four key things businesses need to grow and raise. And Vern was one of our coaches when we grew our company and were at the stock exchange, et cetera. So he, he was an inspiration through it. And through that, uh, we've been using the work on Scaling Up and then... We wanted more work on strategy, so we hooked up with Shannon Susco, who's written the book Three Hagway, Metronomics, and, and she's just come out with the book Metronomics. And so I use that also into delving into people's strategy. And the biggest thing about that book is strategy is not about competing to be the best. Strategy is about finding a unique value proposition that your customer is willing to pay for. So you're not trying to just be the best radio station or the best innovation spot. You're trying to be a unique value prop for your clients. Right. That's different than anybody else that people are willing to pay at a premium. Because at the end, you're in business to make money with a purpose. Uh, and so we bring those tools together, right? And that's what we do. Well, one of the things that I was uh, immediately enamored with and attracted to when I went and poked around a little bit on the, on the website is that you did include in this in, uh, in in these four things. One of them is cash. Yes. Uh, so, so speak to that a little bit, because as a small business person, I'm the number two guy in our network, and I am the guy in this little studio. The way we're we're set up, and I'm constantly watching cash flow. And I did have a mentor share with me years ago. As as a small business, you just one, you don't run out of cash. You can't run out of cash. That's true, right? Absolutely. So when businesses go initially, when you run a business, it's all about revenue, revenue, revenue. And we say revenue is vanity, right? But cash is king. And you saw what happened during the pandemic, right? People ran out of cash. Yeah. And it was great the government came through and has helped quite a bit of people. Right. And, and we know, no disrespect to the banks or the lending institutions, they'll give you money when you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> right? hey, and, that, that's the other thing that mentor taught me. <laughs> and so your goal is how do you stay ahead of cash? And cash is what you need to look after. So we do this exercise in cash, which we call the power of one, where we look at if you made a 1% difference in your price or in your cost of goods sold or in your operating expenses or in your accounts receivable or in your accounts payable, what could that difference be? And we do an exercise and we take that method, their, their financials and we show the leadership team what a big difference it is, you can make in your cash and just at a power of one. And invariably, it's great for salespeople. Because when you give a 1% discount on anything, it goes straight to your bottom line, 
right? right. And, and the amount of volume you need is more, not 1% more volume. You probably need 3x of volume to make up the 1% down, right? Tom's sitting with us. He knows these financials very well, and I'm sure you <laughs> teach that in the class. So right? for those of you listening to us, we have Tom Devaney in here, who uh, is not only a, a very well-respected professor in, at, the, at uh, Kennesaw State University, and he and Zahir have had an opportunity to do some neat work together. He and his wife run the Innovation Spot here, where we broadcast live uh, multiple times during the week. And we did not dictate this, Zahir and I. Tom actually asked not to have a microphone, but he is in the room with us. So we keep looking to him for reassurance. And now we're getting into math stuff. So everybody's <laughs> looking to Tom. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but go no ahead. Worries, yeah. No worries. So we do these exercises on, on, on Power of One. And, and, and so you find how an our leadership team can do small incremental changes, yeah. but make magnificent, huge difference in their cash flow. And it's, in, it's important to know on that. And I'll give you an example. Um, if you look at Costco, most of their profit is not from the prices they charge us on the goods they sell us. Mm-hmm. Most of Costco's profit is from the membership fees. Really? Yeah. Because at Costco, I'm there three days a week. I love Costco. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place, right? I should send them an invoice for sponsoring this episode. No, we, I, we love Costco. Yeah. But yeah. let me give you another example of an ingenious way of, of, of making cash. You know, a lot of us have Starbucks uh, on, on our app. Yeah, yeah. And we have prepaid cards. Costco have over a billions of dollars of our money before they've given us any coffee. You add up those three, four, five, ten, fifteen dollar gift cards or whatever right, we prepaid right. on our apps, and add them up across the world. It's billions of dollars, and they're always ahead, right? They, the the uh, fulfillment ahead. never does catch, exactly. catch up. And I don't. I probably have some gift cards in my drawer that I have that I don't ever spend too. There's probably that exactly. Dynamic, right? and, and so you've got to start. Businesses need to think about not the traditional pricing models. You've got to think of different types of pricing models. And I'm not saying you can go as far as that, but there's different ways you need to think about it. I'll give you another example. Look at recently, um, Panera Bread has started a coffee subscription. Huh. They offer you an unlimited coffee for $8.99 a month. And How one would think, that? wow, well, if you look at a Panera Bread and you go sit in there, you'll usually see business people having their meetings. They That's buy right. one cup of coffee and they get their free refills. But if they get that, they've got this recurring revenue, and they build their recurring revenue model. And it's a predictable business. And those people will, will have more meetings there and maybe buy a sandwich and a soup, right? There you go. There you go. See, right? there, I'm coachable, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so if I were to just finish, is what we try and do with our methodologies, we want to do three things. We want to make the business be predictable. Mm. Number two, if you can predict and be ahead of your employees, ahead of the market by a week, two weeks, a year, six months, you can delegate and you delegate with intent. And if you can delegate with intent and you can predict, you can make it repeatable. Now you've got the machinery running of a scaling business that's predictable, delegatable, and repeatable. Now you're humming. That's what we try and do. So uh, my sense of this is that a book is a marvelous um, augmentation to the conversation, uh, uh, a marvelous resource, maybe a great catalyst to get someone like me and my business partner Lee to thinking about things and or if we're in a consulting relationship um, and or if we have attended some some education in, a, in the form of a workshop or a series of, of, of interactions like that, that a book could be great supplemental material, but 
but maybe for most of us, not enough. Is, yeah. is, is that accurate? And so another very real and very practical expression of your work, you're doing the, you're doing the, um, the consulting engagements, as you described, but you have ongoing workshops. And in fact, you've got one coming before too long right here at the Innovation Spot, yes? Exactly. Yes, okay. yes. And so we've partnered with Tom and Lori at the Innovation Spot here in Woodstock to say, let's take four hours and have the businesses and the CEOs or their leadership teams come. And our goal is for them to walk away learning these tools so they can go self-implement. So we will give them each a book and we will spend four hours going through each of these four decisions that I talked about. People, strategy, execution, and cash. And we will actually make it a workshop where we'll talk about the tools, the theory, and have them work through. So that when they leave this workshop, they can go implement on their own. And we'll also, in addition to, uh, to that, give them an hour more once they go leave on a one-on-one that they oh, can wow. get a free consulting one-on-one. And the goal is for us understand these tools, read the book, and then get somebody to speak with them so they can go implement. And we've done these almost every quarter we do that. And it was f- fantastic that Tom and Lori wanted to bring this to Woodstock and we're doing this with, here in Woodstock. It sounds marvelous. And in my dad's language pattern, uh, as I hear you're doing the Lord's work, man. <laughs> no, it's, you're doing great work, and it, it, and it must. And I don't mean to suggest for one minute that your work doesn't have its own set of challenges, but it must be incredibly rewarding work. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like it, I, I, I call my wife when I finish and she gets tired <laughs> of it, but I'm like, oh, like, because so when you, when I get a call and, and, and we embed tools in the client's offices that I can see and what yeah. they're doing. And I, I look through it obviously every week and, and you see a business grow and you see their more important than the business growing. If you see their employees are happy yeah. and the team is happy and it's humming, that gives you fulfillment because, you know. It's one thing to grow businesses, but if to have people happy and enjoying, like it makes this a great place and better world that we're in. And like we're all have our problems, right? So (laughs) just to have the people on a go, then they make themselves better husbands or better wives or better parents, et cetera. It's fantastic. Amen. Okay. So how do we get tied into uh, this, this upcoming workshop dates, uh, yes. all, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Let's make sure our listeners know that. Yeah, yeah. So on October the 14th, Thursday, okay. uh, we're holding this workshop here at the Innovation Spot in Woodstock. Uh, the best way to uh, sign up is go on to Eventbrite, and Eventbrite has a scaling up workshop on there, or call the Innovation Spot here uh, in Woodstock, or call me at 610-453-8461, and uh, we'll get you signed up. It's a nominal fee uh, to sign up. In fact, it's cheaper to bring three people than bring one person, and because we want the leadership teams to show up. Oh, that's because, great. Because uh, one, it's, one, it's okay for one person to learn, but if your mm-hmm. leadership team, three people learn it, the easier it is for you to go implement yourself. So we've made yeah. it not 3x. We've actually made it one and a half x of the individual ticket so you can go uh, sign up for yourself in their leadership teams. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, in the event that someone is listening to this six months from now, a year from now, well beyond this specific workshop, I want to make sure that they have a way to reach out and talk with you or someone on your team. And I want to make sure that they uh, know where they can go access some of the material, maybe buy the book. So let's leave them with those coordinates as well. Sure. So it's Zahir Ladani, Velocity Strategic Consulting. Uh, best way to, for me to, to get me is there through the website or go on my LinkedIn at Zahir Ladani and we'll be happy to help you or 
you know, if you call the innovation spot, we're good friends, <laughs> they'll be able to find me, but uh, it, it'll work out that way too. Well, Zaheer, it has been an absolute delight having you in the studio this afternoon. I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll keep us updated on your work. We'd love to continue to, to follow this story. Congratulations on the momentum, not just that you've created for you and your organization, but the the, what, the ripple effect, the, the, the impact that you've clearly had on so many other businesses. Keep up the good work. And I'm quite sincere. We'd love to have you come back sometime. What might be fun, I'll plant a seed with you. It might be interesting because I know you have local clients. I, I know you, I realize you probably have clients all over the world. It might be fun to have you and, and a delighted client join us and, and we'll talk about their business, but maybe also talk about this process and the relationship. If, if you're up for that, we'd love to do that. Sometime. Sure. Sure. No, I'm happy to do that. I think they would love to do that. They're in this area. They're part of this, your listening yeah. network. So I think they would enjoy that. Well, I'll talk to them and maybe after October's workshop, we finish, we can do that. Oh, that'd be fun. Well, thanks again for joining us, man. My pleasure. It's been an honor. All right. This is Stone Payton for everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio.